Welcome to Richmond Podcast, Episode 5, titled, Is Gentrification in Richmond Inevitable? Featuring Valerie Jameson, Executive Director at Richmond Land. What's good? It's the boy JDLT, and here we are with another episode today. And uh, so, for before we get started straight into it, and have our guest introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about what she does, uh, I want to know everyone's thoughts here on uh, what changes they might see here in the future uh, with the completions of the renovations to the now Hilltop by the Bay Shopping Center. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? We'll just go ahead. Yeah, we'll go to the left. Energy plus to the left. Um, well, oh, there's Enrique here. Um, I haven't seen it. I know it's like owned by um, like a. I don't know. I don't want to get it wrong, but I heard it's like a Chinese company or something like it that. It might be Chinese something investors. like that. Yeah. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do know that the mall was struggling. Y'all know it's been struggling. Like it might need yeah. the. It's like, you know, and who yeah. knows? Like who knows who invested in it and what's what what their intentions are. I haven't read into it, but um, it looked the model looked really like. Cool, really big. I don't know what's to come, but I hope that folks, uh, you know, benefit from it. Okay. Okay. So, hey everyone. First and foremost, my name is Valerie Jameson. I am the founding executive director of Richmond Land, which I'm sure I'll get into in a second. But that is one really heavy checking question. I think, you know, I'm still going to be first of all, um, first of all, goes around, but. I mean, even to the last point, because I, I can't pinpoint who the exact owners and investors are of the pro, of the larger development project, but there is a trend in terms of foreign investment and like coastal cities and mm-hmm. Richmond being one of them, and and there's a lot of um, yeah, like a lot of people assuming that um, making those investments in the city of Richmond is going to yield some kind of revenue or some kind of income. And I'm hoping that in this project, like like folks keep keep you know keep their eye on it. Just like you're bringing it up to this audience now is like mm-hmm. let's keep monitoring it and let's make sure that whatever that development project is is gonna yield some community benefit. So okay. I, you even, it's a kind of like a call to action. I'm gonna have to make a note to yeah. that. <laughs> there you go, right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. So what you thinking? Thank you, thank you for sharing, y'all. Uh, what's up? This is Jorge here, uh, talking to y'all. I uh, yeah, like like y'all said, that was a loaded question. Uh, but I feel like I want to add on to what Valerie said, and I think uh, hopefully there are opportunities for our communities to be involved in those type of projects. And there's that conversation at the executive level where we can sort of give some type of direction into helping our communities that have been, uh, well, I mean, the we'll get into more of the details of what the episode is about or what kind of questions we have, but um, it, it is it is like built on like gentrification, right? And, and I feel like when you have foreign it, foreign investors you also have foreign intentions right and so we we have to really follow that and and be involved as much as we can so that's why yeah that's good. good question good question hey, you know we have to come home right off the bat you never know we haven't we haven't even played the music in the beginning yet no, we haven't no, yeah we have like, already we have like a little with intro that. intro song uh, do you want to introduce like everything and, and take it away or? yeah yeah so well now i just wanted to see uh if valerie could tell us a little bit more about herself and uh her time growing up in richmond and uh how that led her to where she is at now yeah so 
You know, I always love sharing what brought me to like the work of social justice. You know, be engaging as an as an organizer and as an activist. Okay. So many people think, like, as somebody who, um, you know, went to UC Berkeley for her undergrad, that oh, you know, you you went to UC Berkeley, so that clearly makes sense. You know, why you are involved in the things you're involved in, and not a lot of people know like my roots to you know to activism and organizing actually started on Love Grove. Okay. Um, that's behind La Movida um, like in San Paulo so it's, it's not that far off yeah, and it was actually you know just hanging out in a garage with other like minded people who were like you know youngsters we were in high school like freshman year saying we need to you know we, we know that there's bigger issues at yeah. play that our communities are impacted by yeah, and so. we want to do something about it and oh, wow. luckily you know I was sharing earlier that I went to middle college high school uh, which did get me a little disconnected from everyone that I went to Helms with, but it, I actually had the opportunity to reconnect with somebody at a voter registration um, with the organization that is no longer here, Cisco, um, that was doing really important work. And I reconnected with some old friends, and you know, I had one of them invite me because there was an immigration march happening. Mm. And so, it from there, you know, being in that garage, it just like we were just hungry, like we were young people, and we're like, yo, like. Like the, you know, all these big issues that you see on TV or that you hear about, like that's our, you know, that's, that's our family, that's our neighbors, like that's our, that's the majority of the people in our city. So, right. Um, I, I would say that from an early age, like that's, I just had that intention, and, and it all has to do with like our, our lived experience. So you actually you know, growing up in Richmond, it's just I, I remember growing up with my single mom, you know. And, and she was a strong woman. Definitely. And her being able to instill in me values that, like, carried me forward. Right. And so, like, examples that I will always talk about and, like, bring up and <laughs> and even talk about, like, in, like, college uh, admissions essays and all of that was, like, when you see people hustling on the street, like, in, in the cases that she would point out with, like, paleteros and, like, food vendors, yeah. it's like, man, like, look at those folks. Like, they're hustling. They're trying their hardest to provide for their families. Like, never forget that those folks are there grinding and doing what they can. And you, like, you know, as you get older, you're going to be instilled with opportunities. And my mom was undocumented for, you know, for most of, like, the beginning of my life. And so it was always important for her to, like, to point out the privileges I had, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. of having, you know, documentation, of not growing up hella poor. Like, she will always tell me about how, you know, she didn't have food to eat, so I better not, you know, leave yeah. leave the plate. Yeah, <laughs> like, leave that plate out, yeah. yeah. So, like, I grew up with all of those things, like, being just a hyper-focus to, like, my personality. And, and one statement that she mentioned, I'll never forget, she was like, you know, tienes que... And at that time, and you know, I've kind of grown beyond that a little bit because clearly it's one, to, it's one thing to like sobresalir, and I think it's another thing to bring it full circle right. um, because mm-hmm. we're clearly back here in the community that we grew up in. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. I, but I always like that idea of like needing to bring people with you in mind, like not just letting go of, your, of where you came from, where you grew up. Um, and what you do in the future. So. Yeah, nice, nice. That's good. And, and I, I think I connect with the mom thing a little bit too, because, like, same thing. But I, I love that, like, your mom realized that it was for the people so early, because my mom struggles with that even now. Just mm. like, ooh, like, you're, what do you, like, she always questions kind of, not questions, but more so tells me, like, um, like, 
you want to teach, but are you like, is this what you want to do? Is this your calling? She kind of pushes me a little bit more to think about those things. So that's cool. I love I love to hear that your mom had a big influence in, in what you're doing now too. I feel. Yeah, and she also like was the first person to check me. Yeah, <laughs> like right. you know, as I was like the horizon of about to graduate from from Berkeley, and now like setting sights on okay, where am I going to apply to work? Yeah. and you know, what do I need to be doing after being a college graduate of the number one public institution mm-hmm. in the country? Mm-hmm. And and I started defaulting to things like, well, you know, like let me look into these internships, mm-hmm. let me look into these you know programs in downtown Oakland, and like so on and so forth because. I was looking at what other people were doing, and yeah. then I was like, "Okay, how do I need to like start acquiescing?" Because yeah, people yeah. forget you all. You know, you always think, "Oh man, like so and so made it. So and so went to this school. Like they did it. They're done." But people don't see the other side of that hill, and like yeah. how it's still there's still so many hurdles and so many barriers to. Like overcome. graduating was just the beginning. <laughs> that right? really is. Like it's yeah. just the start of the process yeah. and stuff. Yeah and, yeah. and my mom was like, "Oh, like." I thought you were the one who wanted to, like, you know, give back to the community. Yeah. What happened? Uh, you know, okay. So she, she checked me real hard, and she's always been, like, that, that like, true north. She's, like, really good voice of reason to help mm-hmm. me on my path in, in different situations. And That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, awesome. So... I know you mentioned uh, a lot uh, on uh, your motivations, and that's that's amazing. Thank you, like for sharing and opening up. I think this is uh, like different folks have different stories, and like and, and and it's really interesting to hear how like like what motivates them. So I, I appreciate you sharing, you know, the time and energy, uh, and, and and sharing with us. Um, so on to the next one. You know, I, I kind of wanted to get to know a little bit more about Richmond Land. How did that go and come about exactly? And what exactly is that you do there? Right. So, so I'll take it to a time that I'm sure a lot of people remember, and it's you know 2016 um, national elections happened, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh snap!" Like 45, and like this orange like monster monstrosity is coming to the White House, and people were like, all of a sudden there was a lot of activation. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like the days following, there was a huge like mobilization and walk out from young people at Richmond High and other schools who were just taken to the streets and voicing, you know, their frustration, just voicing their feelings, you know, reacting to the moment. And at that time, I was working at the Rice Center. And so we had a responsibility of helping to coordinate, making sure young people had supplies and, you know, making sure that they weren't having challenges with RPD or all all these situations. Um, And at that time at Rice, I was working on education justice issues because, so many people organize and give back to the communities that they're familiar with and mm-hmm. things that they know. And I was familiar and I understood the inequities in the, in the education system. So that's what I was doing yeah. at the time. Um, but everything that took place in 2016 forward, you know, really pushed me as someone who had been doing a lot of advocacy work within, in, within systems. Someone with the school district, it was around LCAP and like parent and student voice. At the city level, it's around budgeting stuff. It, it's, it's a number of topics. But I started really reflecting on the fact that, like, in one fell swoop, at the, you know, the highest law of the land, you are seeing just the clear epitome of, like, privilege and white supremacy, like, at the top of, of, you know, the the, the lay of the law and all of that. And how that then created this whole, like, just reverberation of problematic policies and pardons. And, and it was in, like, one of those moments of seeing him. I think he's, he pardoned Joe Arpaio, which was this problematic sheriff in Maricopa County in Arizona. 
who just was completely against the dignity of, of migrants. And so I just remember that moment where I was yeah. like, man, like our our liberation or, or my work, if I'm someone who is invested in like social justice and racial justice movements, cannot be solely predicated on like pushing policy and advocacy. Like I almost got the fatigue there. I was like, man, I, we need to look at some alternative systems because right. all these systems are rooted in white supremacy. Right. All these systems are, are problematic to the core and over time have been maintained to, to keep those mindsets in mind. Mm. Like, you know, favor capitalism, favor extraction, mm. you know, favor Consumers wealth, right. and yeah, all, all of those things. And so that led me on this path to wanting to learn more about alternative models. In 2017, there was a housing symposium at one of the local community centers, and I got to see a really dope organization I encourage everyone else to check out, which is um, now called East Bay Permanent Real Estate Cooperative. EB Prec, mm-hmm. and they were about to kick off, and they were talking about um, control of, of land, mm-hmm. um, community control of housing, and the ways that they were getting at that. And they were dropping really important knowledge on, you know, so many times we, we don't stop to think about like the actions that we make, um, how they're actually doing work towards something. So the yeah, example yeah. was banks. You know, mm-hmm. banks are just something that. We grow up and we're like, okay, well, it's a part of our society, it's a part of our community. Mm-hmm. We make money, we store it in the bank, and that's it. But we don't question, okay, what what do banks do with that money? We assume it's just sitting there, but that that it's money actually is actually invested. Doing right, <laughs> it's doing something, and it's often to the detriment of our communities. Right, it's right. not providing like value and like building wealth for that's the community. Deep. That's deep. And so when they started talking about that, I was like, yo, that's real. Like together. I think there's always a lot of assumptions we make that mm-hmm. we can't do things. Right. And, and like this topic of gentrification is really important to that because now people in Richmond, they're starting to see it. They're starting to see new development projects and they're like, okay, gentrification. Like that's a thing and it's here. Mm-hmm. But so often it's like, okay, that's a, th- that's a thing I don't like and I'm going to just, I'm going to say I don't like it and I'm going to just, you know, cross my arms. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not well, because folks matter, don't want to act, they just don't know. Like, how to combat something that seems so massive historically um, right just the scope yeah. of it right and so it was really empowering to see how people were you know pulling together funds crowdsourcing to create projects and i said i want to see something like that in richmond mm-hmm. and so that led me in 2018 to become a member of the founding board of what now is richmond land nice. um, and in 2018 when it formed it was really trying to understand what is our place going to be in development, in this big right, thing that's right, called right. development, in real estate. Um, and, and we really grew into what now is um, an organization that at its core wants grassroots power of like, and community-controlled right. land and housing. Right. And so when we say grassroots power, we're saying, you know, we want local folks, homegrown people from Richmond and West Contra Costa to first self-determine for themselves what is the you know what are the kind of projects they want to see what does affordable housing mean for them and then second how do you build the capacity for those people to carry the project forward right. because a lot of time we rely on people outside of the community to to you know to give us the things that we need right. or we assume like we need this such and such person for the university or we need such and such contractor from this like mm, yeah, bougie yeah. or renowned you know, company that does these fancy charts and, you know, Mm -hmm. presents this research in this X amount of ways, instead of looking inward to say, we have generations of knowledge and expertise that that are untapped because they're not valued. And then third, 
is how do we also recognize that there's like cultural power in the work that we're doing is yeah. like so often our communities are forced to respond to things that that we think are bad versus putting out what is our vision for the community that we want to see and that we've known for a long time and a lot of that is around changing the narrative um, right. it's around like providing visibility to new ways of thinking sometimes it is about combating the bad but making yeah. sure that we hold on to that yeah that we're the ones producing that information mm-hmm. and and benefiting from it so there's not other people swooping in and co-opting it and saying oh then you know some other company gets wind of the idea and say oh yeah i think this is important now you yeah, know, like it's yeah. the case with Black Lives Matter. Steve, now, you, yeah. now you have all these companies saying Black Lives Matter, yeah. but did they really think Black Lives Mattered before it was popular? So it's, right. it's all these examples at play, and, and we ultimately think, like, no one is going to come save us. If it, if anything, is the opposite. You know, people are going to come into the community, as it was mentioned in the, in the check-in, for their self-interest. Right. You know, right. as you were sharing. And mm-hmm. so it's if we want a community that's thriving, if we want a community that's going to have those community benefits, that's going to redefine uh, what affordable housing means, what it looks like, who benefits, it, it has to be us. Exactly, exactly. And just thinking proactively on what can be done and can be uh, battled with, right, So to to help our communities uh, stay uh, thriving, right, mm-hmm. or, or get and to a, a better folks, position. Right? A lot of folks are now, are like our age, our class, are now looking into buying more properties here, but then you yeah. also got folks saying, like, it's too expensive I'm out so like that's also tough right because now we're seeing more folks every year being displaced by housing and now I think there was a measure right there was a measure passed in 20 was it 2014 where um, there was Measure L? Yeah. The rent control? Yes. Okay. And now it's being, people are talking about (laughs) it. People are trying to challenge it, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, So what are your thoughts on how that's going? Is that something that you're looking at right now in -hmm. in your work? Or is that something that you think folks like us can project to to Mm -hmm. communities to talk about? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that we're monitoring. And it's it's not just something that Richmond Land is monopolizing. So many people are, like, you know, focused on what's happening at the at the city level, what's happening at the county level, and trying to, like, push and advocate and ensure that we don't lose those protections mm-hmm. and those resources and programs that, that have been fought and won by community. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing, so, you know, we are in a very crazy time. Mm-hmm. You know, at the intersections, as I was walking in, telling, you know, we were talking about it, the intersections of a global pandemic and, like, national uprising and rebellion. Like, like it, it's a moment that, like, we should not underestimate like how pivotal this moment is and in, in like the arc of of our history like this right. is something we are going to reflect back on and be like what were we doing at the, at the time that this was happening yeah. and you know it's it's a portal the pandemic is a portal as it's been said by there's this um, really dope indian um prolific novelist and, and poet i mean that roy uh, who said a pandemic is a portal so it's an opportunity where you're seeing on one end so many different like perspectives that were once seen as radical like universal basic income healthcare for all yeah. just like housing as a human right all of these things are starting to seem more practical more mm-hmm. pragmatic more necessary than ever before mm-hmm. by the masses but you're also seeing a lot of people like the billionaires of the world profiting off of the backs of like this pack, like they call it disaster capitalism, and yeah. so we have to recognize that this is a shift, yeah. and it's a wrestling of power. And so, what is our responsibility in if it was a battle um, for for power? Because power is never going to concede, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that at the local level where 
you know, there are very clearly and articulated and documented um, instances where, in this case, the mayor mm-hmm. has expressed a lot of um, disapproval yeah. of the rent control ordinance yeah. of the board. And he's like, you know, I don't believe in this, so I think it should go back before the voters. Mm-hmm. And there is a growing number of people that are saying, you know, right now we don't even know past next month yeah, what yeah. policies are going to look like, what sheltering in place, what reality and lived experience is going to look like, let alone voting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we, I think our, the, the governor just signed some, and that's just in California, signed like a vote by mail, and there's yeah. going to be a yeah. process, but it's never been tested. And so we need to think, like, is this the time to be actually taking away or even putting the option of taking away programs that we already know were voted on by the electorate? Mm-hmm. And and there's a, I mean, people like me would think that's problematic, so. So, like, make, like, an <laughs> app maybe, too? Or make an app, like, a voting, like J. Cole said in one of the songs? Like, <laughs> to make to make an app, yeah. right, to just vote virtually? Virtual oh, I voting. see what you're saying. Like, just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. what measures just, yeah. you want to vote for, like, on the app? No. Like yeah. that would be interesting too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, probably somebody's working on it. Know, <laughs> y'all, it's gonna come out of nowhere eventually. Yeah. Um, no, but that's wild though. Like, uh, yeah, the, I, I love the pandemic as a as a portal. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is something new. I mean, yeah. I kind of had like similar feelings like that, but it's 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 amazing that you'd like brought it on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And like, Jorge, you shared something right now that that also made me think. Like, for those who are listening and are thinking about like, yo, like, why would a group that, or why would people who are supposedly down with the community and like you know like our, our majority like activists or organizers or are from the movement building community why would they want to even participate in yeah. like problematic industries like right. development problematic things like real estate that we know have a history of like historically locking out like black homeowners right brown right. homeowners and like from you know from from the whole arc. I guess like being I'm part continuing. of the system, right? Like, there's a lot of people that are like, oh no, like that's that's weak, or, or like, like it's know, gonna change you type it. of thing. You're not gonna change it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. kind of you know, yeah, yeah. I but, see. What but I will say, like, part of what like the power that these industries have in how is in how complicated they make themselves out to be. Right. So is is the fact that you know development. When I started this out, I had no idea like how to even enter that work. I was like, whoa, like, I don't understand that. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm going to have to learn how to build a budget, build a pro forma to understand what a, a specific development project is going to look like. I'm going to need to research what the funding sources are, what the public and private funding sources are. Mm-hmm. All of that is going to have to be learned over time. Mm-hmm. But what I know is that, like, all of those, all of that work is, like, it's meant to assume that only a certain like level of education can understand that, that of, kind of work yeah. or specific skill set or, or action. expertise. Exactly, yeah. Wow. And that in and of itself is like is a form of like white supremacy, you know, yeah, or yeah. is a form it's of like way, yeah. a form just just a it, it a lot of people are, are barriered to, mm-hmm. to, to doing a lot of things and, and as a as a collective. For example, Richmond folks or, or cities like Richmond that uh, are basically paying businesses that are kicking us out of their business in a way. That's that's kind of that's kind of a way that I see it. Even with like the government, like you know, I see the reference to like oh, like the immigration topic being so iffy or so broken. Well, there's a reason for it because it's funding the private prisons that uh, they're putting people that they arrest in, right? And it 
they take money from that. And then, so it's kind of like a, like, also. they're making the problem and they're making the solution. So it's mm-hmm. like, so it stays like that over time. So it's just interesting to see that, like, perspective from you. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do want to give it back to uh, Chubbs to carry this away uh, to the next topic. If we, if you have any questions or uh, y'all have any other questions, feel free to also no. jump in. Uh, uh, well, I just wanted to go to uh, what are your thoughts on is gentrification inevitable? Inevitable, my bad, or is it a creative system? Yeah. yeah. So, what I have found really interesting is the assumption that gentrification is coming, like whether or not we engage, because then what that message is giving us or telling community is that this is going to happen regardless. So, what, so you should just get on board and and mm. advocate and support in the way that. That you can but it, right. it almost feels like this is a runaway train and this is something that mm-hmm. is is just the natural course of things mm-hmm. uh-huh. and and i think that one of the challenges first and foremost is that gentrification there's so many people defining it differently mm-hmm. is you know and, and i often say like hold on because you're because we just had like an hour-long conversation in some cases where people are talking about all of the fears that residents have around being priced out of their homes around having you know their cultural hubs not like being able to be sustained their local businesses not being able to flourish if when there's new um like transplants or new economic migrants coming in and living in the community and all of that is almost like put to the side because then people are like well communities need to need to look nice need to be redeveloped and so then I, i always stop and say like so is what you want gentrification or is what you want like revitalization and, and urban renewal or like development without displacement? Because we, mm-hmm. we need to not mm-hmm. yeah. like hold on to one term and say, oh, there, there's good and bad to this term. Because mm-hmm. gentrification as a process is like that rapid growth and acceleration that is not it's not designed in the eyes of the local community. It's that mm-hmm. it's designed to then be able to be um, like a, a mecca or a hub for for people to come in mm. and like assume and, and utilize. And that mm. in and of itself is the problem because right, right. it assumes that there are not already people that, that grew up in that community, you know, that deserve these wonderful things before they were built. It assumes that there are not existing like assets. That's like the part that gets me is that our communities are so undervalued our like local assets are just completely like disparaged and like that people lack that memory right. of why communities are the way they are because it's it's by design you know it's like there is a trend and there is a lot of atoning that we have to do as a society for why communities look the way that they do and so like yeah. north richmond was underinvested for generations for the legacies our housing stock is for, so is outdated by decades is still like pre pre World War Two, um, primarily housing stock and zoning, and so all of those things have to be taken into account when we're talking about why Richmond is the way it is right now. And so, mm. I always, you know, I don't believe I like to be an optimist and say that you know nothing is is inevitable. You know, <laughs> inevitable. Inevitable, got you. <laughs> inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah, no, definitely. Um, and. What is, I mean, what is going on right now with, with Richmond land? What are your mm-hmm. current plans for the, you know, yeah. I know it's a crazy year, but 
what are your goals for the organization as a whole? Right. So I think one important decision that we made was to, this year, align ourselves with the community land trust model. And not everybody is familiar with this, with what a CLT is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but a community land trust has roots in the civil rights movement. Um, it has a documented, uh, documented success over the past 40 years. I would encourage folks to look into uh, the new communities incorporated. Um, is is often seen as one of, is the as the first um, and and really successful community land trust that was also about um, like black self determination. Um, in the South. And people might also know of another program uh, called Dudley um, Neighborhood Street Initiative. So um, the Dudley Street Neighborhood Initiative was another really successful program um, in Boston that was able to acquire property and through community process, like create affordable housing, create community parks, create like these uh, local amenities. So, so it's more about like who is at the forefront of doing that work and reaping the benefit. And so we thought it was important to use the CLT vehicle, um, not only to advance our development priorities, but to see that stewardship of land was just as important. Because we didn't, we wanna be as an organization and as a community involved in from the beginning to the end of what our communities look like and make sure that they're maintained. So stewardship, unwrap that for folks listening. What yeah. would that look like in terms of your trust? Like right. So stewardship can be as little as like property management. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. just ensuring the upkeep mm-hmm. of like a physical building, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's that's like at the lower end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and it can go all the way um, as deep and as far as talking about how do we use physical spaces, which we know are so critical, like folks need physical spaces to interact and convene, uh, build political education, kick it, like find joy. How do we use those spaces to then be able to like, continue to further like advance community efforts? So whether it's you know related to expanding that property and the success of that space, or whether it's like yielding other campaigns for the community, yeah. like people need organizing space and stewardship can then lend itself to developing well, leaders, you know, and yeah. developing that pipeline for like ongoing participation in other activities. Because I would be naive to say that my other experiences didn't have an impact to what I'm doing. Like, even though I didn't have a background in in, in economics or in <laughs> development, real estate, yeah. you know, my my direct experiences in the education field, in community outreach and advocacy and organizing is completely the reason why I'm here doing what I'm doing um, and, and thinking about it from this perspective. Um, because I will say, yeah, the, the craziest thing about like being in this field is that you are talking to so many different stakeholders and one minute, like it to me, sometimes it seems so easy. I'm like, you know, why, why is it difficult for folks to understand that that people from the community want to stay mm-hmm. and keep their community, you know, thriving yeah. and beautiful yeah. and stabilize their neighborhood, yeah. and that we believe that affordable housing shouldn't just be dependent like on a short term grant, and that it should, yeah. and that it then it's going to go to the market and be speculated on. Like yeah. it needs yeah. to maintain its affordability that people need to be able to thrive Mm -hmm. and stay and persist and that there we know that there's money out there because we talk about living in such a wealthy nation Mm -hmm. in such Mm -hmm. a like concentrated 
enclave of wealth yeah. even in the Bay Area. So the money is not the issue. It's like the political will. It is the, the power structures. Yeah, the power yeah, structures. Because yeah. people don't even think like that's a, that's in itself the power, right? Not not recognizing that there is money. There is a there's mm-hmm. always that. There's never money for things like we don't have. We've never had money in the district, right? They always like there's that mentality of there is money. You just got to make sure you know what the access that we bridge those folks. And also need. like the concept of public money versus private money, right? Yeah. I think that's something also that's that's very overlooked. And in the in the eyes of of the stakeholders, you think of money, you think oh, it's our investment, right? Mm. So if you're a stakeholder, you're 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 asking yourself where do we want our money to go and why like what results do we want to see and i think that's something you're tapping into right like not enough of us are aware of how everything is run or how the entire business is is run in that aspect of gentrification but also like uh the power that one has as an individual on on decision making at the micro level right Mm -hmm. that's something that's another i think that's a that's a whole new episode so should we should we buy beer from these brothers i mean i I mean that's the thing like you know we're not sponsoring any beer service by (laughs) the way (laughs) unless they want to give us free beer then we we maybe will gladly (laughs) (laughs) and so but but yeah like that's that's one thing like how how as a person because i know like i've I've actually toyed with the concept as well of like coming up with like a group of folks that are like, all right, let's put all our money into it and make something out of it. Like our little investment kind of like little baby, right? You make your investment and you like Ooh, give it out, out right? You then, throw your baby? No, I mean, <laughs> what, you don't throw your baby. We don't throw babies in this podcast also. <laughs> just want to point that out. But like what I, this is what I'm trying to say without yeah. saying too much is... Um, we we can we have the platform and i think what this opportunity window of opportunity in uncertain times is to to uh help each other right help our community as richmond that are suffering mostly from it how can we as an individual level um change individually like us to to help each like that like like you said one action leads to a bigger purpose what actions can we uh, motivate people or, or influence folks on doing so that it builds up and creates that like uh, that great moment right you know what I mean so it's so it's interesting uh, I I know I had to go to the bathroom real quick but but well, what you're saying for me resonates to, so Richmond land sees our work as community wealth building work mm-hmm. because we recognize our community does need to build wealth. Right. needs to ha- like not only be stable and, and like barely making it because that because when you really think about it ask and and i'd be interested if you all took this on if other folks took this on ask like surveying people to say well what is affordable housing a yeah. lot of times people think affordable housing is public housing yeah. and and they think it means like oh i gotta stay under a specific income level or i'm gonna lose my affordable housing and the fact that we as a nation like have created a system because then it's like a caste system it's like oh you gotta you can only be here and you're never gonna and you're never gonna yeah Uh you know you're you're never gonna be able to have comfort in your life if you want to have affordable housing because then if you if you max out of that then you just got to deal with competition with the uh, yeah and then it's the market right yeah and so so that's problematic exactly in, in how housing is deemed because it's already not a lot of investment in public housing it's actually our public housing system is completely being eroded and broken down and it's because it's not profitable so we're seeing at the federal level it's not the investment's not yeah. there 
Um, And so the affordable housing system is broken at all levels. That's one of the biggest learning pieces that I've found. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, snap. Like, there's challenges at all these levels from regulations, from the funding sources. And that's why we have to keep iterating and being creative and figuring out, like, other opportunities. And our communities are resourceful. Like, Mm -hmm. how is it that immigrant communities who, like, are definitely barred from lending practices. They can't get mortgage like traditional mortgages, especially yeah. now with like new legislation. How do they pull their money together and like buy a house? Yeah. And there's there's ways that people do it. But the most important thing that we want to honor is that it's about collective community wealth building and not necessarily so the spectrum is like asset accumulation and I don't want to get too jargony with it, but everyone is looking at like housing as like my property, property rights. And that's also fundamentally problematic yeah. because then it, what that does is that creates that individualism to yeah. say, uh-huh. oh, I'm, you know, as long as I got my house, I'm good and, and don't, don't build this, you know, affordable housing complex over here. Don't build an RV park for homeless, which we know all these services are, are necessary because it's going to yeah. lower my property value. Like when people start talking about like property value, value yeah, over like, uh, yeah, over Even with humanity, the pandemic, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we know we're, so we've gone astray sure. too. Yeah. And so, so it's like. You think that would fall? That. You think that would fall into like a solution within the problem, or like a solution with the using a a structure of a problem maker? You know what I'm trying to say here? Like, yeah, like the band-aid solution? Yeah, yeah, like, because I'm thinking, well, not just that, but also, like, okay, like, this problem was created by the folks that creating the problem, or this solution was mm-hmm. created by the f- folks themselves that created the problem to begin with, right? Because they wouldn't be part of it. it do you, so you think what I'm trying to say is, like, do you think, like, individualism mm-hmm. is is a, is a supremacy, like, a white, a white supremacy concept, or is it, like, what is this about supremacy? Because that's where it leads back to it. If we're looking at values and investing, we're looking at values in life. Mm-hmm. I think if we're talking about um, that personal value that someone has over a property, right, over land, mm-hmm. that would be falling into the individualistic point of view, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. like all in it for me or what's in it for me kind of thing. And I think mm-hmm. that that also needs to be incorporated if we want to find a sustainable solution, right? Like what are the mm-hmm. values within that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, Richmond land, because land is, is in our name. And so, yeah. you know, land is so important historically and presently because folks are getting priced out every day. Uh-huh. And and it's about a commons. I, 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 call, I like coin it or term it as a commons approach to mm-hmm. land use. That it's not about, okay, I, like, I'm going to get mine. Like, you know, I'm going to get my property and, and that's it. And then I'm going to be able to get it to this level of value and I'm going to resell it and I'm going to pocket the mm-hmm. money. Because... Everyone who's benefited from home ownership, intergenerational home ownership, more often than not, has like their proximity to to whiteness is greater because yeah. mm-hmm. like black and brown people were not being given mortgages and loans in like the nineteenth century, like or you yeah. know, not nineteenth mm-hmm. century in like the you know, nineteen fifties yep. and beyond mm-hmm. yeah. because of redlining. And so we have to recognize there there's a degree at which people gotta take responsibility for their actions yeah. The, yeah well like ha- not having um been in like an equal playing field with other people mm-hmm. and so I, it's frustrating to see how people don't recognize the benefits that they've been afforded and um, historical yeah like intergenerational wealth yeah. all that it's yeah. crazy so are you are you the first community land trust in Richmond? 
We are the first uh, CLT in Contra Costa County. Hey, that's what I was reading. I and wasn't so, sure. If it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, and that was a, another reason. Okay. Because I'm telling you, women led to it's like on the front note, like, I don't know, something <laughs> very important you, right yeah. now. It's, it's it's like, dang, what a blessing, you know, like, I feel like um, having you here, you're like a true leader in the community and you're, you're, you, you, and when you talk about it, I, I can see the passion, like, in your, in your, the way you express yourself about it, the way you even, like, think about it. You can see when someone thinks by the way they move their eyebrows or eyes. And your hands, too. Hands yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's, you know, like, I'm very observant in that aspect sometimes. And you can tell somebody's, you feel somebody's energy. You know, you mm-hmm. feel it. And then that's just by like, the way, brought to you by, I don't know what this is. George, would you mind describing what this oh, is? Oh, well, this is, this is fluoride. And this is something that I, that I carry with me for good vibes. It kind of like, just like, it like, I've been looking at it this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is basically like fluoride and what, what I love that it does, it like blocks negative energy. So whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and we always talk about this, this show, this podcast being like all about positivity. And even, even in the, in the, theme or the because i think these all these episodes always go back to an oppressor and an oppressed mm. you know what i mean but we don't we don't bath mouths like the ones doing the oppression we're not bath mouthing the ones fighting back to the oppression we're we're just sharing and, and sharing perspectives stories and positivity and i think that's that's more of the things that we need uh in certain these certain times yeah. but uh but this is what it is you know a little it's something but uh, thank you you know so yeah. so we'll uh you ever want to get one? Just hit up a crystal shop, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. I don't, I don't know any crystal shops in Richmond. Yeah. So, but if y'all know, listening or you know, no, there's that spot that we used to get a lot of things when I worked at the Rice Center. It's man, what's the? It's on San Pablo. San Pablo. Yeah, it's on San Pablo Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's close to the Seven Eleven and that the post office. I don't know, but they have all types of just like different ethnic and cultural. Mm-hmm. Like artifacts the, like, oh, okay. and things in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's owned by an Asian couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I would go in there. I highly encourage it. It's yeah. it's like a treasure trove of all types of stuff. You could spend hours and they have. Do you know the name? Things. I don't know. I don't no, even think it has a remember. name. <laughs> you got the address. No, but by San Pablo, fun. right? San Pablo. So all right. So that's yeah. that's like a a little question. If if you can figure out. Uh, what Valerie's talking about? Yeah, uh, you get a free fluoride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you get a you get a you get a free gift from us. Yeah. Just uh, people some DMs, get slide in our DMs and let us know what store uh, Valerie's talking about, and then uh, we'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, right. But back to so back to what the community interest is though. Like what yeah. you're the first in Contra Costa County to do that. Yeah. How did that go about? How long was that process like? Right. So. I feel like for we were working towards being a CLT since the beginning, since we were started. Mm. But part of it is we didn't have the language. We actually didn't know what CLTs were. And I it read was, up on it last night. Right, was like, and yeah. it was it was, an, it was huge. When we started, we were called Richmond Community Owned Development Enterprise. Mm. That's Richmond a mouthful. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> and, and part of it, I was like, that's not accessible. So that's why we changed our name. Because like, who's gonna resonate with that? That doesn't. That yeah, doesn't really get at the heart of what we're talking about. Exactly. And with Richmond land is, is Richmond land, it's our land. And so in our journey, like I was hitting up as many people as I could, hitting up all the networks. And, and there's actually a very like vibrant and thriving community land trust network across the Bay. Because across the Bay, we're all experiencing, you know, massive displacement, oh, yeah. needing to stabilize community. And so there are 
like majority of CLTs are engaged in preservation work. Yeah. So it's about how do we preserve existing affordable housing stock? How do we continue to keep folks um, housed in their homes? And so that is like usually how a lot of the local CLTs operate. One interesting thing about us in Richmond and in Contra Costa County that I had never really like took an ownership over is we kind of got to recognize that our landscape is a little different. Yeah. Like I would have never like subscribed to this before, but we're kind of like a, like a an urban suburb. In, yeah. in like we're not a city, yeah. like we don't have like con like four. We don't have really have the, four story yeah. buildings uh-huh. <laughs> in our yeah. city. It's like sing, primarily single family single housing family. stock. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we transition? There's a lot of vacancy. There's yeah. a lot of underutilization of land, but there's so much need. Like that, to me, like blows my mind because we're we're talking about it. it should be the solutions should be, should be so be simple, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's vast need. Homelessness is growing. The population is in like dire need of housing. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have the land for it, but yet we can't put two and two together. Yeah. And it's because our systems are so broken, mm-hmm. or so convoluted and complicated that there's the barrier to entry is hard. Yeah, so what yeah, we yeah. want to do is is really create the structure to enable people hey, to have access to that's like so important a, a mechanism yeah. to go ahead and purchase land, and so like at the core that's what it is. Um, we're actually going to be wrapping up our hiring process and bringing on two people, which is going to be really key um, nice, nice, next nice. month, because part of it there's an education to it. You know, it's not just about me getting together with whoever can help me do it and like trying to buy up as many properties and raising all the money. Yeah. It's about how do we actually build the vision, build the the collective interest from folks here to say, yeah, like like what I have to say matters. Like I want to participate in this. Yes. Like that's what we want to see. Want we want participation in into yes. it. Um, and so part of like the community land trust program manager that's going to be hired on is. The, their goal is really to build land acquisition strategies with community groups. And yeah. we're going to be starting off with our partner coalition, the, the Richmond Our Power Coalition, mm-hmm. because folks there um, are really in tune with the Just Transition model, which that I encourage to be a whole different <laughs> <laughs> segment. It would be really dope. But just at the core of it yeah. is like, how do we move our economy from an extractive economy to a regenerative economy? And the economy... Yeah is like a super broad topic and we're approaching the just transition from the standpoint of land use and housing yeah. but people are approaching the just transition from environmental justice and you know other different advocacy. sectors within within so that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so packed. Yeah, yeah to dissect that i can just wow. imagine all the work yeah but i'm very blessed that the clt model why i knew was the one for us is because it's not a competitive space because it's hyper local mm-hmm. like oak Oak CLT, Oakland CLT, they're focused on preservation and they're accountable to in the in who governs them by Oakland residents. In the same way that like another CLT in San Jose is gonna yeah. be like formed by the people of San Jose. San Jose yeah. And that's what I appreciate that and we come together to grow the model. So yeah, that's what it's about yeah. it's commons. It's like like let's just decentralize, but let's have us populated everywhere and doing our thing. And so the way we measure success also has to shift. It's not about just about how many like projects we can get built, how many affordable units. Because the problem is, is that the people who's doing work that you know some might consider anti-displacement or or combating gentrification by building affordable housing is primarily people who have a housing provider mentality. And those housing providers, they're just looking at whether uh, projects pencil. 
you're gonna hear that a lot. Mm. If you go talk to planners and architects, and be like, well, just a project pencil. Like, uh-huh. if I do this little formula, is that is it going to be profitable? Because uh-huh. you, you also can't yeah. have a project that where you it's can't or, pay the or workers, a business. Yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. So, so that is understandable. But they're looking at existing revenue sources and subsidies. They're yeah. they're they're operating by a very finite mentality mm-hmm. and perspective. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that finite mentality and perspective, as we were talking about earlier is fundamentally flawed and broken and problematic Uh and like favors like all of the concentration of knowledge therefore favoring like white and like the minority of Richmond too mm-hmm. because you know like you, and, and this is something that I sometimes disagree with when when they call like our folks they call them the the minorities mm-hmm. minority groups I'm like uh, last time I checked <laughs> the minorities is not the it's not <laughs> the POC yeah. folks it's yeah. the the opposite yeah. Yeah. we're not the minority we're the majority mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so I, I think like that's that's really important also to highlight like who who are, who are you going to be like, you know, partnering up with in Richmond, right? And 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 and, yeah. and I'm excited. I'm excited for the work that you will be doing. And and, and it's an honor just to have you here. Yeah. I think uh, we have a couple of questions. Do we still have? Um, I think we got through most of them. Okay. How how are we doing on time? I'm not 100 sure, but we all we, we have right. like. We have like a hundred and fifty something. <laughs> well, as far as like, we have other questions more so now related on, and, and we I appreciate you. Just, I'm writing down all these terms. That yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Tonight. You 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 provided a, yeah, lot, a lot of game, game for yeah. us. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And, and that's what it's about. Yeah. Not me. Like yeah. I went and learned something. Now I guess like each one teach one. And you yeah. know, there's more yeah. than yeah. yes, yes, yes. yeah. that. Yep, like, yep. We yeah. gotta spread the knowledge and like. Do it together because mm-hmm. I cannot do everything. You mm-hmm. cannot do everything, but we have collectively to. have all that power because exactly. we're yeah. not, you know, exactly. the minority. Like, exactly. We got a lot of people yeah. out here, and we need that people power. To, yeah. Like, to just make the and there's and there's a lot of like, yeah, like I'm I'm trying to like I have all these questions. I just didn't want to like go off this, you know, the the agenda of no, topics. Uh, that's why I checked in. So I kind of wanted to. I don't know if you want to transition us or you to like the separate part. Where we ask our own questions or, or yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So check yeah, it out. So right. I mean, normally now we're about to wrap up things. Uh, random question here, I guess we could say. Uh, what would you say is your favorite spot in Richmond? You know, favorite spot. Well, you, you don't have to limit to Richmond because you know Enrique is from San Pablo. Oh, so right. San Pablo. <laughs> jump into San Pablo. Okay, so I think we established that Richmond and San Pablo are the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is true. We, we we have the episode if you oh, want to go back to that one. We 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 like had a really nuanced conversation about it too. It was, it was cool yeah, to no, because you know, like it was like off record too. Like yeah. some of the conversations there that happened. Oh yeah, uh, and, and so. There's somebody playing music right now. Uh, no, but I, I feel like um, a lot of that was like off topic too. You yeah, know it was what off I mean? topic combo. So so we kind of just you know stick it like a little bit out like unedited or you know yeah. uncut or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, that was a interesting conversation. That was episode two, I think. No. Episode yeah, yeah. I, I feel that because my yeah. mom lives in San Pablo, and yeah. you know I grew up in San yeah. Pablo. Now I live in Richmond. Yeah. And and one thing I didn't share is I that also contributed to just my participation in this work was I was able to be a homeowner. So I did actually make that happen in in 2017. So that's all of that was happening at the same time. And that barrier to entry also inspired me to say, okay, like there's a lot of problematic things happening and we need to like unpack it. But to your question, 
I was like, oh man, like right right outside my house. <laughs> like, I was like, 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 what I was gonna say because I live on like off of Twenty First and Barrett, so I live on Barrett, oh. and that's a you know very very yeah, main yeah. street. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of activity, and sometimes I just like like sitting down on my on my porch and just yeah. looking out into the world, like seeing what people are doing, mm-hmm. going to and from bar to and from like the corner store, and just being. Just the vibe, feeling out the vibes, like what's going on. Yeah. And it also keeps keeps me motivated because there's like the new development happening on Nevin, yeah, yeah. Nevin Terrace. Yeah. So yeah. I look at it every day, mm-hmm. and I just think about how, you know, I think about the developer who's doing that project, um, that is a private developer, mm-hmm. building affordable housing because they know how to leverage um, all of the federal like Section Eight project-based wow. vouchers and yeah. they're affordable units but who's going to be profiting from those affordable units going to be a, a Las Vegas yeah. developer so yeah, it, it yeah. kind of keeps me like you know keeps me humble and keeps me motivated um, yeah in that sense okay. Too. okay best of both I mean and it's at the center so I always get everywhere yeah, yeah. So appreciate that well, so any questions for yeah, that um, I mean mine's always have to do with food so <laughs> yeah. fill a burger or red onion Oh man, those crisscross fries, a red onion. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to compare them both. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, and then my grandma lives off of Lowell, where Phillip Burger is at. And it's like the whole song. I gotta say, Phillip Burger, right? Our goal is to bring Sam one day. One day. You know what I mean? It all started Yeah, I think, yeah, we put that in the universe. He's gonna be shouting you out, hopefully. <laughs> no, I was just saying, man, like, folks will, will ride for Phillip Burger. Like, oh, yeah. if anything yeah. ever happened to Phillip Burger, like, yeah, that's man. an institution. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody yeah. 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 right. yeah. We're going to get a little group going, so we pr- always protect that, like, right. business, yeah. you know, in no, case. Well, that happened, you know, like, there were there were folks, you know, when things were, were really tough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's starting to get escalated mm-hmm. with all the actions, and people were boarding up 23rd, and nobody ha- thought they would ever see 23rd boarded up like that. Oh, yeah. Like, where did folks... Recently, right? Yeah, yeah where did folks, this, like, yeah. circle up? They circled up in front of Philip Burger. Yeah, they really did, though. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome to see. I remember seeing that on the on the paper where mm-hmm. a group of folks... I think they were, like, a car club, actually, mm-hmm. and they were, like, riding and protecting the spot, so that was awesome so Philip Burger you ride with Philip Burger yeah, yeah. on this one okay. I have to yeah I agree with you <laughs> uh, I like Red Onion but Philip Burgers is still it also depends onion. where you grew up because oh, I'm yeah. sure people like in uh, Kennedy or like uh, you know De Anza probably oh, oh yeah, yeah probably yeah, yeah Red Onion so, we're, we're like that's cool we just some walked. people probably hadn't even like, had Philip Burger no, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. alright but I got a question for y'all uh, oh it's, it's food related it's okay food related. cool it's awesome I love it in and out or Nations I've heard that one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, to be honest. Oh, oh. Hey, yo, so check it out. This is my thoughts on in and out It only smacks when it's on the road. Uh, for example, when you're driving to Los Angeles yeah. and you're in the cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, in and out here is cool, yeah, but, yeah. like, for some reason, that on the road in and out just hits. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. You've already but, done this. So, I know, I know. I, I, I would know. just say Nations yeah. because hey. it's here, you know, Richmond and... I don't like the in and out here on the road. I would say Nations because I feel like uh, growing up, well, I didn't entirely grow up in Richmond, but like when I came here, like to the United States, that's like a restaurant. That we, we're talking about the one by Food Max, right? Yeah. The one yeah. in front of the casino. Yeah. yeah. So that one, I went to. I went to it with my family a lot. Mm-hmm. So 
So it like and it felt good. It gave me a good energy vibe. Like compared to NNL, I feel like NNL is too like chain now. Like it is California based, and I appreciate that. But I mean, like when you look at nations, it's like okay, maybe it's they still have like a lot. Yeah, it has more of like a family value than NNL. And then the food. Yeah, food is also good. At I look at nations. it with the food because yeah. there's a scale, like there's a range. And uh-huh. Nations got the breakfast range. You're 21 and over, and you're like drinking, and you yeah. come back, you come back to Nations. So yes. I'm gonna go with Nations on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. hey, that's 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 fair. Yeah, I remember also like we would go out to like. You know, Pura. Pura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah. you bring another, just another reason for me to go with that. There you go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then my question, man. What is your question? I, I had a lot, yeah, of, questions. A lot of questions. Um, but one it. question is like, um, what do you like see yourself doing with Richmond Land in five years? Like, where do you see yourself in that like process? Um, and and yeah, so just kind of like, like that an open ended question. A five year, I'm that I'm that guy. Mic <laughs> drop. Yeah. No, that's an, that's an important one, it is, and it's it one that I think about often, um, especially learning about how long development projects take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in five years, like off top, the two projects we're working on now have to be off the ground, and so. I can talk about them later. People check out our website, richmondland.org. There you can learn go. more information there. Uh, but we have a tiny home eco-village is one project that materialized from our Building Power Fellowship that mm. was, the concept was developed by like local homegrown residents. And so yeah. we're supporting them to understand, like, okay, now how do you get that project off the ground with zoning, entitlements, and so on and so forth. Mm. So that project needs to be done. Okay, um, okay. Our goal... Like, our ideal is for it to happen at one of the um, Los Deltas scattered sites, mm-hmm. the housing authority sites that are going to be sold, because it's just, like, bringing more power to the fact that, man, man like, North Richmond has all of this abandoned property yeah, and, like, affordable housing, like, units that need to now transition into, like, the future of, like, having folks not just be dependent on, like, public housing as the only yeah. form of affordable housing so so yeah. like projects like that being off the ground we have an ADU project we're thinking about and and hopefully that Richmond land is a household name and one that folks trust and recognize to not only tap in to continue to build our collective knowledge and, and skill set around how to make these things happen but that let's be honest like the folks in our communities that have intergenerational wealth yeah though like the retired white liberals or progressives yeah. and not always just white i know i've said that a lot in the show but you know other people <laughs> no, who are sure. retirees for who sure. who are benefactors of mm-hmm. all of these degrees of privilege that don't need to you know to keep these assets mm-hmm. especially when they're gone that they think proactively mm-hmm. about donating that or doing a benefit sale and gifting that land to rich to richmond land and then yeah, just yeah. Then go and like you know oh, keep yeah. it permanently affordable um, steward that land long term make sure that those improvements continue to benefit mm-hmm. um, community members so hopefully that's happening and hopefully folks are not so scared to talk about reparations in housing um, and, and so we've been thinking about how we're building out some of those programs to, to make that more relevant and hopefully y'all checked out there was a mural that we participated in um, right in front of Civic Center so there was a Black Lives Matter and then the following week there was one that's reparations now mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, it's really important yeah. to think about both of those um, yeah. two in concert so nice, that's nice, a nice. little bit of my five year plan oh that's yeah. great that's <laughs> great and, and, and 
that's that's amazing. I know I have uh, I have a feeling it is it is gonna happen. Like everything you say, you <laughs> say your mind to, and it, it, you know it, it'll. I'm just I'm just like super excited still to like uh, see you from talking from this perspective. You know, the building the the foundation of it, and I'm just excited to see all the great things that that the organization is gonna do for for our community. Um, I so. <laughs> yeah, you know, always. Uh, let's see. Anything? Do we have any any other questions? Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I don't think I have. I have a lot. Of, I have, oh yeah, I guess is it Cal Berkeley or UCB? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I'm just gonna be like, I mean, I say UC Berkeley. You know, because I think about when I was either a freshman or sophomore, the, the you know, You See Me campaign. And, oh, yeah. and recently there was some great news around the repeal of, I mean, Prop 209 and affirmative action um, has been something that was, that was limited mm-hmm. because of a court case that involved the University of California, Berkeley, or, you know, the UC system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of students of color protested that. And, and I like the UC, like, because do you see me? Like, that was always mm-hmm. a fundamental question that mm-hmm. students of color asked. And so you see... Berkeley, I think, is is the one I gravitate to. Cal Berkeley, I don't know who says that. I was like, look away a little bit. Or Cal, you know, Cal. What what about about UCB? Have you heard that lately? Not lately, no. No. I mean, I'm not feeling it either. It don't sound right. It don't sound right. Sounds like UCD, but just like... UCD. Like, nah, you know? Shout out to Davis, okay. Shout out to Davis. You're going to have to do yeah, you know. Yeah, we should. That would be great, actually. Like, have a discussion. No, we we have a lot of great projects uh, in in our minds, uh, but we're we're afraid of like you know taking it little by little, you know, like and and and, and seeing how it develops. Um, yeah. Well, with that being said, you know, we just want to thank you for your time here. You know, spreading game as we like to call it. Uh, we appreciate you, and we hope that your Richmond Land organization does great things. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Do you do you have any like social media, LinkedIn or anything that you want to share to, you know, folks listening? Or? Yeah, for sure our website, www.richmondland.org. Um, we need to get those hits up so it can start, you know, booming on, on Google and all those spaces. We yeah. have a Facebook page too. Okay. So I think it's at we are Richmond Land. You can okay. you can look that up and, and we'll pop up. Um, I would say those are the biggest ones. Anyone is is welcome to email us also at info at yeah. richmondland.org. And, yeah, hit us up for all types of stuff. Like, it's, it's all love. It's community. I, I live here. I You know, it's it's, not, it's more than a job. So hey. um, we need to make sure that we're always just tapped in with one another and supporting each other and, and building this together. That's great. Yeah, Thank you so much. And, and then how can how can they? And if you guys want to reach us, y'all can reach us at our Twitter at RichmondP. We have an IG that we're uh, active on, uh, Richmond Podcast. Uh, the direct link would be you can find us mainly on Buzzsprout for Richmond Podcast. Yeah. Spotify, yeah. iTunes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all on there. Yeah. Yeah. Good ones. We on that. But yes, we're gonna post all the links on the, oh, on the description. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Appreciate it. All right, and with that. We are out. Deuces. Yeah.